is uh, This is Joe Cole. This is Ruben Loftus Cheek, and you're listening to the London, the London is Blue podcast. All right, Chelsea fans, welcome back to another episode of the London Is Blue podcast. As always, here's Brandon Joe, my host Dan. No Nick, that is right. He is about to be returning from his UK jaunt, his little extravaganza uh, on the uh, eastern side of the the hemisphere. Hanging out with our friends there, going to Butcher's Hook and all that fun shit without us. Except, Dan, he had to go to Southampton to watch us lose, so joke's on him. Yeah, we really netted out, I think, probably on the winning end of that. He did have good times. He had good meals. He had great food. And he had himself a little bit of a laugh outside of the football. So, in general, probably had a great trip, except for watching Chelsea play, which sometimes is just how it is. Yeah, classic, classic chidge. Football. 90 Minutes Football Ruins, A Good Day Out with Mates, uh, which he did. He got to see Chidge, uh, got to have dinner with Clayton and Sills. Anyway, we don't need to get into it because a lot of these people, yeah, yeah, yeah. We are all jealous. And uh, But anyways, we're here to talk transfer window. So for all of you that have survived, congratulations. Deadline day is behind us. We can now reflect in peace and with a little bit of calmness. Uh, Dan, we want to go ahead and talk about how the window is closed. It's finally closed, except Belgium and Turkey, but we won't get into that too much. Uh, and, and and just what happened in this window? We'll take a look at it as a whole. We'll give our honest assessment. I like how you had to put honest in there, Dan, because we don't always give our honest assessments, apparently. Uh, and what we made a team bully in Tuchel and how they performed in the market. And then we'll obviously talk about the incomings and outgoings of note, the ones that surprised us, excited us, and disappointed us. Uh, that outgoing list is actually way longer, Dan, than I expected. A lot of movement on the last day, especially on the outside. Yeah, definitely plenty to get into. But like we do with anything, we like a summarization of what happened. So not a three-word match review, not a three-word match preview. The three-word summer transfer window review. It's here. It's live. We got them. Let's roll. Shane with the Inflation Football Club, you know, because we spent a fair bit of money in this window. Mr. Thurman with best window ever. Is he being serious? Is he being sarcastic? We don't know. Not with him. Nebraska Blues with the Bowley Pockets Deep. Uber Chelsea with the Good in Areas. Uh, Mixdano with the Todd Expletive Bowley. I believe it's Todd fucking Bowley is probably what they mean. Janique with the really good meal. Molina with the World Series money, because you know, he owns the Dodgers as well. Nick with the Defense Sterling Band-Aids. Uh, they use the hyphen in the Band-Aids, and I, I believe that is how the brand name works, so we'll allow it. VI Blue and White with Break the Curse, and using the number nine emoji as well. And then one that really just took us places, Brandon, and this is Crom's uh, Corner with the the early part was a hit, so they gave, they gave the background to it. I guess it's like when your friends drag you to KFC, Kentucky Fried Chicken, for the unaware. I'd say a restaurant establishment, a chain. Not a restaurant. Where, <laughs> it's a fast food joint chicken shop. Uh, look, uh, many people might disagree with you, but it is, it's a place where you can purchase food, prepared food for you. And Crom uh, says, but you're not in the mood to eat the chicken. So you're all the sides that's how i feel we got a biscuit corn on the cob beans mash the only reason i'm licking my fingers honey on the biscuits <laughs> so many questions <laughs> we got the mishmash combo of sides the family value pack we got a little bit of everything in there 
Uh, so funny. I mean, look, I think everyone was in the mood though, Crumbs. Everybody wanted the chicken. They wanted the legs, one of the wings, and one of the breasts. They wanted it all. Uh, and, and I think that's kind of what we got a little bit of it all in, in, in what we have to see here. Uh, Nebraska Blues with the Bully Pockets deep. I mean, the dude just bought the club for billions and then turned around and spent hundreds of millions. It was like, y'all ready? Like, we're, we're doing this. We're here. And it was way deeper than I ever imagined. Because what did he do? He started with the women's team and then dabbled mm-hmm. in the academy and then just dropped the hammer with the women's team and then started throwing daggers at the academy and goes, oh, yeah, far, about the men's team. Yeah, let's go ahead. How about a Raheem Sterling for you? And just like, hot right. damn, Todd. What are we doing here? He definitely got up to speed very quickly. And I think we'll get into ours because there's a whole lot more we want to say about this. But I went with Todd's transformational transactions, incomings, outgoings, people you thought were never going to leave Chelsea, people that time and time again could never get a permanent move out, people that you never thought you would see playing a Chelsea shirt came to London, came for the allure of playing for the Showtime Blues of Todd Bowley, and he got it done with a very, very steep learning curve, but got acclimatized very, very quickly. So, yeah, transformational transactions from one Todd Bowley. I hated alliterations. I went with Head Chef Bowley. My man. Because he's cooking? Because he's cooking? He was cooking. He was plating. He was setting the menu. He was leading the menu. He chose what was for dinner. What was the appetizer? What was the the ensalata? What was the entree? And then the dessert with an aperitif. I mean, this was a full four, five, six course meal from Chef Todd. And uh, are they all going to work out? Honestly, probably not. But the dude put all seven herbs and spices into the mix and said, let's see what's going to happen. You're welcome, Kroms. I think we just need to go to an ad break there before we get into everything else. You have to. We can't top that. You're welcome, ladies and gentlemen. All right, we are going to take an early ad break. It's a short episode. We're going to sneak it in, and then we're just going to have free green fields to go through every single one of the transfers in and out. So thank you to the sponsors for financially supporting the show, and we'll be right back. All right, coming out of it, uh, by the way, uh, double pod day, so congratulations, listener. Uh, this is a, essentially a holiday that we can celebrate. There's actually going to be more Transfer Roundup content. The Tinkerman is back. Uh, Joe and Yaz will be doing a, their own roundup. So you're getting a double roundup plus a Fafana special. Uh, music to all of your ears. I know uh, content actually might be oozing out of your ears at this point, but you know, I, I, I think they like it, Dan. Yeah, the real question is, do they like the fact that you sold the kernel short? Oh, do you look it up? What is it, eight or nine or something? It's 11 herbs 11 and spices. 11 herbs and spices. 11. Well, I hate to out myself that I don't give a shit about KFC, but here we are. <laughs> so uh, incomings and outgoings. If we just kind of look at this list, uh, obviously some of the big outgoings was Rudiger uh, leaving on a free, Christensen leaving on a free. Uh, drink water was released, uh, which was kind of a relief to everybody. Uh, Lukaku getting uh, about as kicked out of a club as you can be via loan uh, to Inter Milan. Hope he's so happy to be home. Even those ultras could give a shit less. Um, Ian Motson went to Burnley. We all remember that announcement video. Yeah, Bur- Burnley did some good ones today. Some good usage of mixed media 
movies, things of that nature to get them in. Yeah, um, they they definitely were trying to make a splash somewhere because it's not on the pitch after they got relegated. Uh, Tino Andrin went to Huddersfield on loan. Levi Cole went to Brighton on loan. That was big that you kept him on loan. There was a lot of rumors that he was going to be sold. Uh, Timo Werner sold back to Leipzig. Malang Sar uh, loan to Monaco. Emerson sold for West Ham. We no longer have five left backs on the books. Uh, we'll get to another Sad one. Day. I know, I know. Left back FC is no more. Uh, Ross Barkley was released. Callum Hudson-Odoi, loan. He finally got his loan after three seasons. Uh, Bayer Leverkusen picking him up. Uh, Baba Rockman was loaned, not released. He's still on the books. Xavier Mboyamba, uh, he left. It sounds like he's on a permanent left the club. Xavier Simons, very young, promising uh, Cobham prospect, is uh, on loan to Hull City. Um, Ethan Ampadu, last-minute loan to Italy. Harvey Vale also went loan to Hull. Uh, Kennedy, again, left-back FC, leaving uh, to go to Real Valladolid. Uh, and then Billy Gilmore, the last one to go at the final hours of the day, Dan. He left permanently uh, to go to, to Brighton and Hove Albion. Yeah, they, they did do a also movie-themed one where they talked about Happy Gilmore. Not great. It was a little light on the production value. And again, it was very late in the day, so you kind of have to stitch it together. But the signing, I'll give him an 8 on the signing. I'm going to give him a 2 on the execution. Really could have done more with a Happy Gilmore tie-in there. That was pretty disappointing. Plenty, plenty of options. Uh, Where do you want to start in the outs? Uh, Obviously, some big names left. Uh, The back line getting devastated. Our 100 million pound striker, uh, no more. Uh, And then a shit ton of loans. Clearly, Todd Bully figured out the farm system in the UK very quickly. I think if I look at this list, you know, there are a couple of phases to how it went. There were the players you might have wanted to keep in Antonio Rudiger, maybe Andreas Christensen, who ended up leaving on freeze to go to other clubs that potentially you would not have needed to find two additional center backs to be in your starting 11. You could have started the season a little bit more built in, as it were, with the players that you had on the roster. There's a host of young, talented players who are getting an opportunity to apply their trade. You have Nathan Baxter going back to Hull. Hull is going to be a maybe Chelsea second team favorite to watch with you know not just... Uh, Simmons, but Harvey Vale going there as well after signing that four-year extension, which is huge to get him locked down. And and so I I think this, to me, is representative of Todd and team recognizing a couple themes. One, there are some deals that are just have not been good. They're not going to get better, the Barkley deal. Um, You know, drink water situation, um, and Emerson, and they're just going to sit on a roster until we make a call. And we talked about this before under the previous regime that there's not always a willingness to admit where something didn't work out right and go to address it. And this shows that there was a willingness, even if it was costly, to go and make the decision where you're you're moving on. You're sending Timo Werner back to the Bundesliga and trying to reclaim some of that value. I think you also saw a lot of talented young players end up going out on loan rather than on a permanent deal. Billy Gilmore maybe being the largest exception to that group, but Calum Hudson-Doy could have been a sale. There were clubs who wanted to buy and have him as a permanent player. 
there were clubs who wanted Levi Colwell as a permanent player. And Todd said, no, we're going to get, we'll do it as a loan, prioritize clubs that wanted these players as a loan. And that, I think, was indicative of trying to ensure that we're not selling out the future. And I know people were frustrated today about Billy Gilmore, Brandon, but overall, on the macro level, I think those are those are two big themes in terms of the youth that we ended up finding a way to get on a loan versus a sale and making some of the mistakes of the past or just players that were never going to find their footing here, getting them to a position where they could be a permanent starter someplace else, which to me is just generates positivity throughout the entirety of the club. Well, I mean, we had a bloated roster. I mean, you and our group chats were just pro rip up contract. Uh, you wanted none left on the table for people I was that send him a paper shredder. Yeah. I was totally happy to do that. And, and you, you got your wish with a few of these. I mean, even Alonzo technically was released. It's so weird. It, it just goes back to how Barcelona needed to do things uh, so differently. <laughs> broke Alona. Okay. Look, you get into uh, stuff like the Martin uh, Braithwaite. Alona, bro. The shit that they did where like they signed, they pulled him out of Leganes as an emergency signing, which Leganes could not, you know, re or fill that spot. And then Leganes got relegated now their bottom Segunda B. It's just like Barcelona are just absolute shitheads. And every time I went after them in this transfer window, their their fans like came after us and were like, no, Frankie de Young's in the wrong. They're like, in what fantasy world do you live? Like, you are all crazy. You should be embarrassed and ashamed of your club. But they, they weren't. Um, and I think at the end of the day, I think Chelsea kind of got to toy with them and, and definitely caused some disruption after, you know, look, they essentially stole, you know, beat us to the punch, um, on, uh, I don't even remember his name now. The, uh, the right sided outside back. You trying to have Jules Kunde? Yeah. Yeah. Already forgot about him. Uh, you know, picked him up, uh, that we're going after. Who was the other one that they snagged too? I know one of the 500 players associated with us yeah, is Winnow. Probably a couple people they snack, and I know you're all sitting here yelling at us, but uh, like it's been it's been a long day. We got a lot you're of talking names about Rafinha. Have, you're talking about yeah, Rafinha. Rafinha. We got a lot of names have been run through our head. If you could see our group chats today, it's insane. Um, but then you know you toyed them on Alonso to the very last minute. Uh, you pick up Aubameyang. You just mess with them for a little bit. Depay just unsettle him. We've unsettled Frankie De Jong a little bit and kind of how that's going. So at the end of the day, I also think that Bully got some dark arts in. You know. Um, his ability to move quickly is crazy. Uh, as we look at the ins, even just the Zakaria, like I, I forgot who it was. It was like Aaron Smith or Chelsea scenes is one of like the awesome Chelsea designers. They tweeted out that, uh, I can't actually believe that Zakaria is going through a medical and no one got to edit his face on a Chelsea kit. There was no photoshops done. That's how fast that went down. Bully came out of left field with that. They literally went and said, who's available? Give me a name. And Juve were like, take this guy, which is a, probably a red flag a little bit if someone's that willing to release someone at the end of the transfer window, but it filled the need. We'll just see how well it filled. Juve seemed to have the midfielder depot type of experience where you could get one on clearance for... Liverpool you know, got uh, one too with Archer. <laughs> 90 cents to the dollar, 80 cents to the dollar, blowout sale. It's the end of the day. It's all clearance. We're getting liquidated. 50 cents of the dollar. Yeah. You know what? Take them. And you know what? We'll pay you five bucks to make it happen. We'll pay it's shipping and handling. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> PJ's on us, Chelsea. 
Um, yeah, I think in general, though, that we when we kind of look at the outs. I feel good about what the majority of what we did, getting some players moved on. I think people will point to the Billy Gilmore one and be like, he's going to come back to haunt us. And look, we've had plenty of players that we have unfortunately sold over the years who've come back to haunt us, and that's just the reality. You can pencil in Billy Gilmore assisting or scoring in some capacity against Chelsea in the next 12 to 24 months. But again, you just wish him nothing but the best. You're, you're, you're unhappy that it didn't work out here, but you know, you're happy that it is working out for some players that we did get in some, you know, really talented individuals too to help us restrengthen and, and put this lineup back together because we were in need of reinforcement heading into this window and Todd and team got that done too. Uh, a few long-term names have left the club. I think Dan kind of touched on that a little bit earlier, but Charlie Musanda was released. Um, one of the most promising players coming out of Belgium. We snapped him up. Unfortunately, injuries just plagued him. So we'll have to see how it goes uh, for him as he tries to rebuild his career. Best of luck to him. Like Jake Clark Salter, uh, very promising defender coming out of the academy at Cobham. And just for whatever reason, didn't really click. He had some really strong loan spells and just never really got time at Chelsea. Um I think those are the two big ones that I was kind of looking back at. Yeah, obviously, you know, you've got, you know, Alonzo's been at the club six years. I think Kennedy's been at the club seven years. So uh, some a journeyman for Kennedy finally uh, out and, and on his own, uh, which remember preseason, he was there 45 minutes, pretty much guaranteed every match. So uh, maybe that boosted a little bit of what we got. So, um, but enough about the outs, enough about our ex-girlfriends and the and the low knees that we're uh, going to keep close by. But we have a bunch of ins, a bunch of new girlfriends, Dan, a bunch of uh, new eye candy that we get to look at and, and get excited it's about. going into a weird place. Uh, look, no. we got new players. We got new individuals on our roster who are going to strengthen the team and help us compete across four competitions. And they included many individuals, uh, both across the some blur from in the the academy acquisitions, uh, like Eddie Beach coming in uh, from like a you know a, a development kind of goalkeeper perspective, but obviously Raheem Sterling, Koulibaly, Hutchinson. You had Sol- uh, Gaga, Solina. You had Chukwemeka. You had Kukurea. You had uh, Kaside. You had Fafana, Pierre Mkhabamiang, and then Dennis Zakaria all coming in. And you have a opportunity to really refactor this side. I mean, Sterling is a starter in this team. Kuobali is a starter in this team. Kukurea gets to compete to be a starter in this team. Fafana definitely will start in this team. Aubameyang will start in this team. And then Zachariah will either be rotational or potentially compete for a starting position. That is, that is a lot of people to come in. And that, that I think, from an expectation standpoint... Some of those uh, two in particular, three in particular, uh, arrived really, really late in the window and have not kicked a ball for Chelsea. They've kicked the ball, Cobham. They have not kicked a ball for Chelsea in a competitive match. And it is going to take time over the next couple matches before the, the one international break we get before the World Cup for them to get up and running. I like how you decided to say Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang, all three of his names, but yet used everyone else's last name. <laughs> you took the longest <laughs> name and read it out all the way as if Obama like... Obama what? Obama who? Oh, man. Uh, Zakaria, yeah, came... I think he was technically the last. Was between him and Aubameyang, they were obviously the deadline day signings of Fafana coming in technically yesterday. He was in Sunday, uh, announced Monday, I believe. So, um, 
you know, Gaga Selena going back on loan. Uh, Chuck Omeka, we know, is one for the future. Amari Hutchinson, one for the future. Eddie Beach, one for the future. Uh, Cesare Casade, one for the future. Everybody else is damn near right into the starting lineup, to your point, or, um, you know, fighting four minutes. I, I don't, I don't like, for example, I don't really see drink waters here. I don't see Zappa Costas here. I think like the closest one to that is maybe like Zakaria. And that even is probably harsh because we don't really know what we're going to get. And the consensus on him, we should talk about this. In all my wisdom and insight, I've been yelling about the midfield, like lack of quality since last spring. Cassandra problem. It's not good. And finally, we were massively exposed. And Tuchel even goes, I didn't have any other options after Ruben Loftus-Chink went down. Well, that was probably an omen for Billy Gilmore sitting there saying... Well, you had me, but I guess I don't count. So they bring in Zakaria to try to fill in the gaps from when N'Golo Kante's out, uh, potentially play a double-six pivot when, they, when they're both healthy. The Gladback version of him is impressive, right? We're going to get some really awesome FIFA foot cards on that one. Um, the one at Italy, not so much, but it's Juventus. Look, they had Rabio, They had... Arthur, they had just like a weird mix of midfielders. You know, Pog was just come back. It, it, I don't, you know, I don't know. We'll have to see. You know, in Italy, it's a different game than England. In England, like you can make a living off of just breaking up play and getting the ball to someone else. Um, we're very much hoping this is far more like, uh, you know, Mikel or a Matic versus, you know, even like a Ducure who's more box to box. Like we need someone to sit be positionally disciplined, read the plays that comes into us and protect our back line so the wingbacks can keep bombing because uh, that's when we're at our best. So, um, yeah, I, th I think, like, the fact that only, what, four or five of them are for the future and seven or eight are for today is is what we needed in areas that we and, needed. And there were links at the very near end to multiple midfielders within the last 48 to 72 hours. And I think there's... There's an opportunity to get disappointed that you didn't sign or you didn't get the player that you wanted in that position. And I think rather than invest in someone that you're not 100% certain on, but maybe you see, hey, if we can make it to January, get a director of football in. We can make it to the summer, get a director of football in, understand what our team is, potentially get a chance to vet some of these young players, evaluate what our options are, and we can make a really smart, shrewd signing in that regard to the evolution that everybody's asking for, right? To be data-driven, to be smarter, to be great in our acquisition of talent. Like, we displayed a, a level of ruthlessness and a level of negotiate, negotiating ability in this window backed up by funding that people said would not happen. That, oh, you've, you've gone from Roman to venture capital funding to you know being part of a consortium and that means it's just going to be peanuts and paltry windows and that is not what happened at all and while yes like alvarez would have been an interesting player singari would have been an interesting player to come in and be a part of that midfield i almost am better or happier with this saying let's not rush and make the decision because we just need a body Let's try someone who potentially has high upside, extremely high upside. I mean, at the worst, if we want to use recent memory, it's a it's a sell in that it really doesn't pan out and he goes back to Juventus at the end of 
12 months or the end of this contract and we get an opportunity to try something else. If he rehabs really well at Chelsea, we've seen people like Antonio Rudiger come back from a horrific ACL injury to be a part of Chelsea and to get rehabbed here with our physio staff and become one of the best in the world at his position for a period of time. If that's the upside potential for Zakaria, this is a pretty smart punt if it pays off. If it doesn't, people are going to point out and be like, well, of course we didn't do it there. But it's a loan. Reinfor- how, many, how many other positions did we actually reinforce or upgrade? We've got a better defense this year, an actual better defense than we did last year. Look, it's a, it's a loan with no obligation to buy. Like, I don't know, right? Like, I think it's a hell of a lot better than Saul. It makes it, it feels like a lot more functional in that sense. So, um, athletic reads the game well, except can break it up. We'll, we'll have to see. Look, bowling company spent something like two hundred. I don't even know, like two hundred eighty million euro or something like that, according to transfer market. Uh, the juice was there. Um, you know, they raised all that. They essentially got a line of credit so they could, uh, you know, buy, buy, buy now. And uh, <laughs> that's exactly what they did. You know, I think overall, you know, you could say they overpaid. I know that was one criticism Matt had. Remember early in the window, he was like, no, nah, but you guys are overpaying. You overpaid for Raheem Sterling, who only had 12 months left on his contract. You overpaid for Koulibaly, only 12 months left on his contract. And then Matt said some really mean things to us about Chuck Omeka. He was not happy about that. And uh, we we heard that, and he was upset that Villa let him go. Um, but then Kukure, you pay over the odds. But like we said, we justified it as Chelsea fans being like, yeah, you pay extra for Kukure now so that Brighton are happy to accept a loan for um, uh, bu- 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 uh, Levi. Yeah. Because if you had to buy him back in two years, that he, it would have been way higher than whatever you're extra, you're paying extra 10, 12, whatever for Kukure. So you're not, Chelsea fans are like, done, no problem. Math works out. We're good. We've been burned the other way. And so I, I think because of that, like there might have been a learning curve, right? Is this a perfect window? No. But like, was there intent and was there action? There was every step of the way. You remember back to the U.S. tour, Bully was in and out, back and forth between the U.S. and London because he had stuff to do. When you talk to the journalist friends, when you're on the West Coast or Mountain Time Zone, they're so far behind the European uh, workday that they got nothing done. And so Tuchel and Todd were, um, you know, working throughout the night across multiple time zones to get these things done. And at the end of the day, like they took action. Will it be the right action? Time will tell. But on paper, it seems pretty good. And so if we had to grade how we think they did out of 10, um, Dan gave him a two. And I'm just really concerned about that. <laughs> wow. I, maybe I should have said Nick so he can't defend himself. That would have been better. That would have been more humorous. Be like, what? Nick gave him a two? Get him. Get him At on Nick Twitter. Verlaine, what's going on? <laughs> no, what you should do, though, is you should be like, wait a minute. Apparently, you gave him a two. Why? And just flood it tomorrow, and he'll wake up yeah. and be like, what, what? What the hell? What the fuck happened here? Yeah, long, thanks a lot, assholes. Long flight home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really burn through that uh, that meter data cap. Um, I would say grading it on the scale of limited time to prepare the staff that you would have relied upon potentially to help you transact this leaving potentially being available, but effectively leaving their post 
and having to basically rely on the talent ID of your manager and then potentially back into some deals because some fell through in terms of getting better targets after you went after a first target that maybe wasn't as good as your, your backup. I'm probably in the mind that it's somewhere between a seven and an eight. I don't necessarily love half numbers. So I'll give a first year rating, particularly due to the amount of players that you would have thought would have gone on loan under Abramovich. They would have gone on loan. They would have been extended a year. I would say that I would give it an eight. Yeah. You, know, you got a lot of people out. Yeah. I think I was talking. I think, yeah. So I was on Sears XMFC today. I think we were talking about oh, that. Oh, oh, wait, wait. You were on the radio today? I was on a paywalled radio sub- service. That's right. It's internet radio. Talking about Pulisic. They, you know, everyone wants to throw their hands up in there and yell about it. I did not allow that. Um, but I was saying that, you know, it's like the bully's a different era, you know, like to your point, Marina was going to squeeze the value out of every single player. We had Kennedy, you have Mishi, you have Bakayoko, you've got Bavarakme. Like there are players that are just renewing and loaning, renewing and loaning until you could try to get five, seven, 12 million out of them done. They're gone. And it's just, it's, it, and now it's just kind of like, wow, that, I mean, that was unnecessary. We we drug those players along for a long time, and I wonder what it did to their career. But um, knowing that Bowley had never dabbled and dealt in the soccer market, I know he's done stuff in the MLB market with baseball, professional baseball in the U.S. It is different. It is way different. Um, I, I gave it a seven. And, you know, he bought the club. He needs to take the learning curve or find people to get him to navigate his way through it. I thought he did pretty well. The only thing that I didn't like is that, and maybe this just wasn't identified, is just we left too much too late in the window. Um, That's my only complaint. But this outlist is insane. It is massive. And so um, I think that, I think that if we would have gotten a, Top, top striker. I think we got a top, top midfielder. It's the only thing missing. We got top defenders. Um, We just didn't get, I feel like, and we got Raheem, which I think is a top attacker. But I think we needed a top striker, you know, to really lead the line. And I think we needed a top midfielder that was dynamic and attacking in that sense or just, you know, world-class destroyer. Um and so that's why that's why I kind of dock some points. And uh, but at the end of the day, if this is his starting point, I think we're in a good spot. Yeah, the the floor is higher than most club ceilings. Yeah, if this is the floor. Yeah, and that's a pretty bold start. You know, I was looking at Naz's tweets about kind of the overall spend that with Aubameyang coming, it brought it to two hundred seventy three point five million pounds. Which when you is, look at is two and a half Antonys. <laughs> <laughs> gosh oh talk about getting fleeced uh you know <laughs> at, least, at least we proved to be tough nego- negotiators at time the prior ranking was that real madrid in 2019 had a 272 million pound spend and so this effectively is the largest spend not accounting for inflation not accounting for the incredible post-brexit type of experience uh, in tax on english players but in general, this is the most expensive dollar in day window of all time. 
And, you know, we did bring in some money. We brought in close to 48 million pounds in terms of revenue from Werner, Emerson, Lukaku on the loan fee, Saar on a loan fee. And so... Billy. I mean, yeah, yeah, Billy's not added to that as well. It's not a nine. So you're kind of into the, you know, mid-40s. Or sorry, mid mid fifties, and so which is different because typically most years we're doing about a hundred million in player sales, hundred million in player pounds in player sales, and so we may have sold a little less, but we released some players, we got them out, we've invested for the future, we have a defense that to me rivals the very best in world football at this moment. We've got an attack that has gotten a little bit better. We've got a midfield who's gotten some reinforcements. We're going to let great people like Reese James actually play in their best position. We got depth in left wing back, which again, we did not have last season because the cliff from Chilwell to Alonso or Chilwell to an Emerson who was on loan last year, couldn't come back. Um, very, very different. And so we netted out, I think to be a stronger team, albeit an older team. And that is something that's going to have to be fixed in January. going to be fixed with integrating the youth because we've made a ton of youth investment as well and figuring out how to get the likes of Carnes or others into this side, into an opportunity, get Gallagher uh, an opportunity as well, because you have options now. That's uh, I guess we didn't touch on that. The youth, the promising youth in these signings. I mean, Sakari is only 25. Obviously, Aubameyang's 33. You know, Fafana's, what, 21, I think. Uh, Cassidy is like 20. Kukurea's, I think, like 23 or something like that. Chukwameka, he's 19 or 20. Uh, Slonina's 18 or 19. Uh, Amari Hutchinson, I think, is 19. Kulabali, obviously a vet. He's 31, 32. Uh, Sterling's 27, right in his prime. And Eddie Beach is a kid. So that's another thing, too, is that all the signings that we did like are future-proofed. you know. And think about all the six-year deals we did. In, in six plus ones that we did, and we're talking about six-year deals for Reese and Mason, um, they're definitely looking to lock people up for the long term and make sure that you know we kind of control and have that stability over four or five years. So I think it's gonna be really interesting to see you know over that amount of time how how the squad maybe kind of builds out and settles. It's definitely a lot. I, I think I had a question here, and just that as we look at it now, or maybe try to project into the future, it's the end of the season. Chelsea won the Champions League again, just because it's what we do. We launched a new shirt. Some trophies. <laughs> um, who will have been, or who will prove to be the quote unquote best signing at the end of the season? You can use your determ or whatever you want to define as best, whatever the Brandon Busby best you. barometer is. Yeah, usually your rules suck, so this is good. Um, I honestly, I think it's uh, Fofana, uh, twofold. One, He's good. Uh, and then maybe even more importantly, he's going to let Reese do Reese on the right wing back. And I think that if those two can find a partnership and a rhythm, uh, obviously they share the hair, same barber. Um, and apparently Reese is sliding into his DMs on Instagram. So clearly there's a willingness to try being bromancy. Um, that could be awesome. I could see some overlap, some interchange. Um, but just letting Reese know that he can go and he's covered is massive and not having to start him at right center back. And then later in the game, push him to right wing back to me, 
that is that is so 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 crucial. Look, he, I I should have probably everyone's like, why didn't you say Sakari? You're talking about the midfield and all of the problems and that. My only thing is I don't know much about him and how big of an impact he's going to be. Hopefully he he has a big impact in, as far as like being that really strong holding mid that you know keeps the balance a, across everything. But I, I think it's an easier bet that Fofana himself is going to be good, which will allow Reese to go be great. That's a good one. I think that I have leaned towards because we're starting to see shades of it already in that Sterling to me is probably the guy that if he can showcase the best of what he is capable of doing, that this Chelsea team is going to start to gel. You know, we've talked about his leadership before. We've talked about how the English core looks up to him and sees him as a leader already. And so to have leaders in the back, half of the pitch in Thiago Silva leaders in the central part of the pitch, uh, you know, with the goal of Conte <laughs> when, when he's Who? healthy and goal of Conte. <laughs> Cove is not uh, bad. Cove is not bad. And then to have someone like Sterling as a part of your attack. And it's not downplaying Mason or downplaying Reese. You know, we, we, we do have individuals who can step up when needed. Uh, I just think that scoring, scoring regularity, scoring when it doesn't always look like it's going to happen for you. That's and that's a good good problem to have that he's finding ways to score even when we play really poorly. So, I think that he could get off and firing and could be the most important part in helping us remain competitive or potentially challenging uh deep into some of these uh you know the, these cup runs. And then lastly, uh, which departure on loan will impress the most or do you have highest hopes for? I mean, I think there's really only three, right? I think um, you've got, uh, oh my gosh, I just lost them. Callum Hudson-Odoi, I think that's a big one. Levi right. Colwell is a, is a big yep. one. Um, you know, Harvey Vale, you know, it's to me, he's still like a level behind Callum, you know, so he has to like hit the championship and then the Premier League. Um, I don't know. Maybe maybe it's those two. I mean, because those are the Premier League ones. You assume if they're loaned in the Premier League, they're they're much closer to being Chelsea ready than anyone in the Championship. Yeah, you would you would think that. I do think that Vale, Hudson Odoi, and Kowal are probably the three. I would love, and I'm going to pay close attention to how Tino gets on though at Huddersfield. You know, plays in more of an attacking position. We know that that's still an area of opportunity for us. We know several attackers were shopped around or deemed to be unhappy, and we, we couldn't get them potentially into a new home, whether that was Ziyech, whether that was Pulisic. So and that that's going to be another problem for Thomas and Todd to get solved in January or get solved next summer um, or get solved through rotation. And you know, it's probably about 3,000 minutes or so available to attackers who are not named Mason Mount, Raheem Sterling, or Aubameyang. So go get your minutes, guys. You you can play for it and you can earn it. I think Phil would probably say the same thing, but uh, watch Xavier Simons at Hull City. He might, if he gets his shot, he might overshadow anything Harvey does. I mean, Harvey can score goals. Uh, and, you know, I, I think that Nathan Baxter do well. Uh, because I am just... The person I am, Dan, the the loan that I am hoping impresses me the most is Romelu Lukaku. So someone <laughs> buys his ass and he's off our books. That's that's how I'm approaching this one. 
Um, no, you're man of the people. You know, you're always thinking about the next next move. I don't want to do another loan with him and another loan and another loan because he's on a five year deal or whatever it was. I don't. I want him gone after the season. I want tidied up. But he's like injured for a month. So you're like, oh my gosh, you're worthless. You probably weren't, eh, anyways. Um, but on the positive, like future looking signing, um, I, I really do like your Tino Andrew shout. Uh, but I'm going to go with Callum Hudson Odoi. This is make or break for me. As long as he gets serious minutes at Bayer Leverkusen, uh, which all signs point to them being super excited that they have him, the amount of social media and PR love they gave to him. You'd imagine it would be pretty embarrassing if he didn't play after that. So all signs point to he's in a good spot where he's wanted. He needs to go deliver. Uh, to me, it's kind of make or break if he gets the minutes. Um, if not, then you got to pull him back in January and try to find another one. It's like, shit, we just wasted another season. So I really want Cal to do really well. Uh, at Bayer Leverkusen and um, kind of show us what he's got. It, it might be Chelsea level. It might not be, but I want him to have a career regardless because um, he's always been such a high potential uh, athlete coming through Cobham. I think that's it. I mean, I feel like we have done our due diligence and we have reflected, we have decompressed from what was or what it felt like because they're all days with 24 hours in them. There wasn't extra days in there somehow. This one hit harder. This one felt long. And, you know, uh, credit to uh, everyone who listened to this episode, who's been involved in the news, who's been watching us kind of put together this content or consuming it or being a part of our Discord or, or you know, Twitter following and chatting with us about it, because this one has felt long. It has felt disruptive at times, disjointed. But it's over. It's done. And now we just get to focus on football for a little bit. Honestly, I'm going to bed after this. I apologize for the two yawns I had in this podcast, but it has been a hell of a day. Uh, we've had two jobs today between the WhatsApp and the content uh, and everything that's been happening. You recorded a Fafana pod. I was on the radio. I've done TikToks. Uh, Nick has been having great meals and he's been, I mean, Nick's has been drinking beer in London. Let's just be honest. He did a TikTok. What is he, doing? he did a TikTok, you know, maybe two. Yeah, a TikTok <laughs> with a beer in his hand. Yeah. Come on. Classic. So, um, yeah, so it's been, it's been a long day and I'm sure all of you out there, you're constantly refreshing your feeds and things like that too. So, um, we can relax. We can, we can take one day off, uh, until Chelsea play West Ham at the weekend. So I don't expect too many people to play. Uh, we're definitely going to see some minutes for people, but like I said, don't expect um, Aubameyang, obviously with his hairline fracture in the jaw, don't expect Zakaria or Fafana to necessarily play right away. Um, but that doesn't mean we better not go beat up on the hammers and, and win 3 nothing because that's exactly what this team needs after a, what I, I think most people would say is a pretty successful transfer window. So um, that'll wrap us up. Again, this is only one of our two roundups. There'll be another one on Saturday. Go listen to the Fafana transfer special if you haven't gotten to it at this point. Uh, but that's going to wrap us up. Dan and I are out for the day. We will see you on Monday with another podcast from us two specifically. So until next time, Chelsea fans, you know what to do. Keep the blue flag flying high.